Hi, this is Karina Ganter's host of Behind the Pen. You're listening to the audio podcast. Enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Behind the Pen. I'm your host, Karina Gantus, award-winning author of 14 books, award-winning filmmaker, podcaster, YouTuber, booktuber. I host the Author Assist show on the Artist First Radio Network and I also run Author Assist, which helps authors with their marketing, promotion and so forth. Today my special guest is Bob Magoo. Welcome to the show, Bob. Hey, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you finally on my podcast. Yeah. I will let a little secret in. I know Bob from the writing community around Facebook. We've been on panels together. We've been on Zooms, um, backwards and forth. But I don't know Bob as an author. And so I'm really happy to finally chat with him. But before we talk about your books, I always say, and they hate me repeating this, but creatives always have more than one talent, even though they have a passion for one, they always have another one hidden. So yeah. what's your other creative talent, Bob? Oh, wow. Um, so I, I, I've long been a proponent of the, uh, if you're a creative person, that's fantastic. You're one of like 7 billion other creative people. And it's how you use that creativity is what's going to help you get noticed. So I've kind of dabbled in a little bit of everything. I've done short movies. I uh, do like five different podcasts. Um, five? Yeah. I can't know, survive you, doing two. Oh, my God. Well, you know, I, I set a low bar of expectation on them. So it's not that difficult. Uh, <laughs> But then, you know, I do some graphic design work. I, I make shirts, things like that. But I, I'd have to say, outside of writing, probably podcasting is uh, my favorite. I, I'm glad that you've had your hands in a bit. You've, so artwork and um, writing and podcasting and uh, what was the other one you said? Oh, a little. I've done a little bit of short movies, but they, oh, they, yeah, were, yeah. they, no, were, they were terrible. No, so. don't, no, don't, don't stop. <laughs> don't stop because I've done short movies and I've got... Mm-hmm awards international film festival awards for them because they're trailers book trailers for authors oh your short movies are what were they uh horror short short movies um and they were uh not good <laughs> so so you had an actress playing a role or yeah. this was done well it was me and uh basically me and a, a guy that at the time we worked together on some projects we decided that hey we've got a video camera you know uh youtube exists let's make some short movies uh he was writing i was writing it's like let's write up some scripts and see where it takes us and uh we basically just got our friends to be the actors we did uh we did two kind of like 10 to 15 minute films. Uh, one was uh, a found footage style horror movie set Ooh, in, uh, yeah, that, that's my familiar. favorite genre of horror. So, <laughs> uh, and then we did kind of a comedy, uh, more of a comedy type uh, short film. And then we did a series of six, like two to three minute kind of quick blast little yeah. horror uh, ones. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, but I discovered that I would much rather write the ideas than actually get the ideas produced. Oh, <laughs> so, so are they still on? Are they still on YouTube now? Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, you can. I actually. <laughs> links. Uh, we need links. <laughs> oh no, we we yeah no we actually for years it had its own YouTube channel on there. Um, uh, we had a name for our little production company and everything, but uh, I finally just 
folded that into my YouTube channel, so you can you can find them on on, on my Wonderful. channel. Wonderful. <laughs> oh, well, I'm definitely going to go and have a look. And don't you know, cut yourself short because what you say uh, are awful or terrible. Some might actually enjoy or get a laugh from them. Yeah, no, I definitely think that some of these you will get a laugh from, whether intentional or unintentional. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm actually pretty proud. Uh, like, so the two longer ones we did, I, I joke, but the found footage one, I think if we had a better editor, I think that one actually would have been pretty good. But the editor we had was me, uh, who, had never oh. edited, who had never edited film before. Uh, and then the other oh, one, um, one was kind of a, the, the humor one. I'm actually pretty proud of that one. The problem was... Uh, it was windy that day, and uh, you had it was filmed outdoors. Yeah, so you get a lot of wind noise. Wind so, noise. Yeah, and I had no idea how to even begin to try and fix that. I, I do know can, a little bit of audio editing. Yeah, I mean, you can you depth. can remove a little bit of it, but it still would have sounded in the background. Yeah. That's, a, that's a day when you don't shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was, but it, it was one of those. It was a lot of fun. And that's the thing. Like, I, I really love the experience, and uh uh, now what I'm trying to do is work with some of our local filmmakers that are actually good at making films. Oh, and, wonderful. Uh, and so I'm hoping to start working with some of them. I'm actually talking with one now about doing, you were talking about book trailers. Um, I'm talking with one now about uh, doing a book trailer for my series. And uh, we're supposed to have a meeting sometime soon to kind of start get the ball rolling on that so wow well if it doesn't pan out you know where to come award-winning book trailer yeah. filmmaker here yeah All right. i do let's go to your books now like i said i know you just to say hello to and to talk with mm -hmm. but i don't know you as an author so your first book how old were you when you got it published are you a so, late starter yeah no so i was um i've been seriously writing for about 10 years now i'm 37 so i was 27 when i started mm -hmm. i was at the tail end of grad school uh like literally my last semester in grad school and i just re you know kind of rediscovered my passion for writing and you know two degrees in that have nothing to do with writing i'm like oh this is what i really want to do so so what um, were you doing degrees on uh my first one is in anthropology um Wow. Yeah. That yeah. might help with your writing though. It does. It yeah. does actually, but it 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 doesn't help me make any money. <laughs> um and then my master's is in music industry. Oh, uh, I'm a singer. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah, no, I, I wanted to do uh concert production was kind of my area of focus. Um and I've I've used it a lot. I've just never made any money using it. Um but so uh so you know, right around then I rediscovered my, I, I like in September, I was like, Ooh, I really like writing. And then I did NaNoWriMo that year. I was going to say, when you said September, November's yeah. coming up, that is the ideal time to write yeah. your first book. Yeah. And so what I did was I wrote a collection of short stories. Um, I, I literally went on Facebook and asked my friends, how would you like to die in a story? Oh, wow. Uh, and I took every one of their answers and turned the, and worked those into uh, steampunk or horror short stories. Oh, wow. That is a fabulous yeah. idea. It was a lot of fun. It gave me a lot of cool ideas. I had, I had one guy who uh, he said that he wanted to be killed by a cyborg streetwalker. And uh, I was like, well, I'm not writing cyberpunk, but I could make it like a steampunk prostitute, I guess, to, to to kill you. And so I did like a retelling of kind of Jack the Ripper. 
uh kind of story and just you know just a bunch of fun weird things like that but um so when i started all i was writing was short stories yeah so i was submitting to anthologies and i got i got into four or five different anthologies a couple lit journals uh things like that um and then that got me noticed by a small press in my area that they were an academic small press Mm. But they were wanting to start a uh, like a, a steampunk imprint. Oh wow! And, and they like, oh, we know you write steampunk. Let we'd love to. We'd like to work something out. And um, so they started releasing anthologies of my steampunk short stories. And so that was my first real foray into publication was through them. Can I ask yeah. you why steampunk? Now I've I've got fourteen books out. I write in every single fiction genre apart from steampunk so tell me what is it about that that you love that you wanted to start off with that so uh part so every kind of a a through line on everything i write everything i write tends to be tinged with horror so i was i started out writing a lot of horror and a lot of steampunk by steampunk tended the the bulk of it tended to have horror themes running through it Mm -hmm. but uh I grew up in a, in a house that was like very big on history. You know, we would take, you know, uh, uh, family vacations to battlefields and stuff like that. So history has always been a strong love of mine. And I've always been very, very fascinated with um, like the, the British empire, like the history of the British empire. Uh, and so I, the, the kind of this, so much steampunk is based in that time of like the British empire. Well, uh, there is a lot of that. That's very problematic, you know, colonialism Mm. issues like that. So I made my own world. So mine is like steampunk fantasy. So I can still play around with some of those tropes um, without, you know, it's not, it's not the British empire. This is just a country that is somewhat similar to that, you know, and then working a lot of horror elements that someone watching now or listening to the podcast doesn't know and never heard of steampunk what is steampunk so the i'm not perhaps the best example of Of course you are uh, that was the first thing uh, you got published you're the expert um so but traditionally steampunk is uh it is typically alternate history where the it's imagined that steam power became more advanced and more prominent and so there's a lot of like zeppelins like steam powered zeppelins and and things like that a lot of like uh clockwork automatons walking around um and typically it is uh alternate history instead of instead of using you know like secondary worlds like i'm doing the majority of it is set in our world you know, very commonly like the Victorian era. It'll be mm-hmm. like the Victorian era, but just a reimagining of that. Like instead of the Babbage engine being, you know, kind of limited as it was, like imagining the Babbage engine becomes like a steam-powered computer like we have today. And the easiest like way to describe this, ladies and gentlemen, is Victorian time, cyborgs, robots, um, metal-looking people, and steam trains. Yeah. There you got it. Steampunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some some big names have written it. Um, you know, Michael Moorcock had a whole steampunk kind of thing. And, you know, uh there there's it's really popular. Um 
I admit, the, the my last... hands up, I've never read a story of steampunk. It's never interested me to write in that genre, but I've never actually read a story. So I'm going to have to check out your short ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you'll have to go back to this. I've, that's actually my one of my next projects is I've got the rights back and I'm going to be uh, releasing them myself uh, probably oh, within a year. So um, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> OK, now moving on from that, because that was fantastic. That was your first publication. Brilliant. I started off with short stories. I loved what you asked your fans to do for you, your friends. That was a fantastic concept to follow. Um you said that that I can't even pronounce the word anthropology, whatever. Uh, um, anthropology, yeah. Actually helped you in your writing. So we're moving on now to novels. Um, mm -hmm. What are your novels about? I mean, what genre are you writing in yeah. now? So uh, the the novel. So uh, after the small press deal wrapped up, uh, I kept writing and kind of had toyed around a little bit with self-publishing nothing too serious um I, I i released a few things that ended up taking down kind of deal you know just wasn't real happy i was learning you know it was very much a learning process um still i had a yeah i had a I, I was still i was still primarily writing short stories at that point i hadn't quite realized that you can't really make a career writing short stories <laughs> um and so i had written a whole series of uh kind of a dark fantasy uh Ooh. very kind of witcher style dark fantasy cool and uh uh so after that i was like you know what if i'm going to do this i really got to write a novel and so nanowrimo rolled around and i wrote uh half of a horror novel in one nanowrimo got burned out totally on it never wanted to look at that idea again Ooh. and then two years later at nanowrimo i was like you know what i think i'm ready and i finished it so the first novel i finished was a horror novel um and i i i revised it a bunch and i kind of that's the one i shop around to agents but the 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 series that people would that I'd perhaps be best known for would be what's called the Jubal County Saga, which is uh, it's urban fantasy, but I'll it's only urban fantasy because rural fantasy isn't a genre. <laughs> because instead of uh, you know magic in a place like Chicago or Atlanta or London, it's magic in backwoods Alabama. <laughs> okay, no, that can work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, I, I love it. And I've since found a number of authors to kind of write in that space, not Alabama specifically, but that we write, you know, this kind of rural urban fantasy. And uh, it, it's I, it's what I kind of prefer in the in the urban fantasy genre, because I'm not a big city guy at all. Uh, I'm from a place that literally uh, has no stoplight. Uh, and a post office and a gas station, and that's it. How many that's, people that's live in your town? Uh, well, it's not even a town. Not it's even not a town, right? It's, it's not incorporated. Um, right. If I had to get the the county that I live in, the entire county has a population of eleven thousand, I think. Wow. Yeah, and that's the entire county. <laughs> I live Which in is, a yeah. village, and I think my population's over that in the little village. Yeah, yeah, that's. Not surprising. <laughs> I wow. hear people talk about when they're from small towns and like, oh yeah, well, there's only like, there's only like seventy thousand people that live in my town. I was like, wow, that's you could fit my county in there like you know six times over. <laughs> wow. So everybody yeah. knows everyone's business. 
Oh yeah, no, definitely. And you know, the, the area I lived in, um, if I stepped out on my front porch, um, the majority of houses that I could see were family, you know, they were second cousins, third cousins, things like that. So oh, it's a Magoo place. It's a, yeah, no, uh, Magoo road, uh, Magoo which, was road. A dirt, which was a dirt road teed basically into my front yard. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how many of us there were there. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is oh, yeah. so, no, that's really cool. I like to yeah. live somewhere rural. I think you yeah, get, so. you get uh, more inspiration. Um, I think than living somewhere fast and noisy, you know, the yeah. peace and quiet allows you to. Yeah. And I, I got in a lot of really good words down there. And so that, that is basically the strongest influence on my book series. Cause it, it is, I basically took the county I'm from, you know, changed the name. And so it gives me, I, I like doing it that way because it gives me a map in my head. Like I'm from this county. I know where things are located. So I just change all the names. And then if I need to add something that's not actually in the county I'm from, I can, I can just drop it in. Cause it's exactly. not really. It's fantasy. There. Fantasy yeah. is all about imagination. Yeah. There are no limits. Anything can exist because it's, exists in your imagination you as the author can write anything when it comes to fantasy but how many of the fantasy characters are in your book so the it's it's the series it, so the jubal county saga saga long term will eventually include multiple series um right now it just has the one uh and it's centered on a guy named Howard Marsh, who is a redneck wizard with a crippling meth addiction. Whoa. And yeah, it's a lot. Um, and so he he if definitely follows him. He is the primary kind of magical character in there. And but as the series goes, he, you know, he kind of runs into a number of other, you know, some of his family members have limited magical abilities. His grandmother is like the big wizard in, in the county, but she's very evil, so he avoids her. Um, and then each each uh, each book is actually made up of two novellas, which each novella being a self-contained mystery. And each mystery typically involves at least one uh, mythological creature and typically a different mythological creature. So um, it the primary influence would be kind of Celtic mythology. Oh, lovely. Um, so that's where my anthropology degree comes in. Aha. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get, getting some use out of it. Yeah, most definitely. Not, not too much research needed there when you've got a degree like that. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you start your first book on this series? How long ago? So, oof, 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 oof. Um, I, so COVID is when I decided, Hey, I've been sitting all the, all this stuff. I should probably start really getting it out. And at that point I already had the first three books written. Um, I don't remember exactly when I started them, but I would say probably four years ago, I guess. Um, yeah. Cause it, it, before COVID started, I had three books done. Um, and so, um, four, maybe five years ago, I wrote the first, uh, but the, the first short story that I wrote that was set in this world before I even realized this world existed, uh, was one of the first, um, uh, 
short stories I ever wrote. And like uh, in red, it was kind of the seed that eventually blossomed so it's uh, into the always series. sort of been there inside of you, and that yeah. you didn't know it was going to come out as a novel. But yeah, the idea no. has been festering until COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was, uh, I wrote uh, two or three kind of Southern horror short stories. And then like, as I started writing this, like, oh, wait a minute. Those are very much like that character is this character. And, you know, just kind of making these connections and like, wow, yeah. I've, so I've been, I'd say nine years ago is when this series technically started in my brain but uh these actual books that have seen the light of day it was uh probably four four and a half five years ago are you uh self-published or contracted with them i'm self-published uh i put the first one out uh august a year ago um and then uh put the next one out in november the next one out in january and then uh, so that was the three I already had ready to go when I started, got those out pretty quickly because I, I had read that, you know, Amazon, the algorithm starts working in your favor more once you have three books up. I don't know how true that is, but that's, that's, that's what I that's what I had heard. So that's what I rushed to get three books out. Um, and then uh, the fourth book came out in uh, uh, tail end of August of this year. Oh, so. wonderful. And how have they been received? Uh, really well. Uh, so probably the biggest thing I learned over my self-publishing uh, career, like all those books I started, like I would put them up and then I'd, I'd take them down, is that if I'm not confident in it, then I, I can't sell it. You know, I've got to be confident in what I put up. Otherwise, I will feel too guilty to promote it. I love that. I wish, uh, I hope all authors listen to this, okay? If you're not 100% confident in your book, do not publish it. That is such a great lesson to be learned. Well done for saying that. Bob. Oh, man, it was it was the game changer for me because, you know, I, I would put up a book and, you know, I'd be like, you know, I got my friends to edit it, you know, so, and then I just, I'm just not, I'm just not confident in it. So I would never promote them. So then they'd never really get reviews. So they just kind of stagnate. You know, I'd get, you know, I got a couple sales when it launched and then like one sale a month kind of deal. So I took all those down. Well, with these, you know, paid to get the cover made, paid to, you know, uh, get them edited, formats. you know, yeah. yeah, all all that kind of stuff. I did what I could on my end. Mm -hmm. um, I'm tech. I work in IT now. I'm fairly tech savvy. So I do, you know, I can do some of this stuff. Um, but I made sure that I had a product I was actually confident in. I, my one goal was there. I had two goals when I put this book out. Goal one was I didn't want any reviews that were just dogging me out for the editing. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't want a one star review saying, man, this book doesn't, I don't even think this book was edited. You know, yeah. that was goal number one. And I've, mm -hmm. I've never gotten one of those. Well, no, not when you pay for an editor, you won't. Right. Right. And goal number two was I didn't want any reviews. I didn't want any one star reviews saying that I cussed too much because I do cuss a lot in these books, but I make it very clear in, in the blurb that oh, there's a lot of cussing in this. And I just, no, I just no, no, that was no, my, no, that was no, my no. other goal was I didn't want one star for too Bob, much cussing. Bob, 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 Bob. Do you see best-selling New York times, best-selling authors like Dean Coote, Stephen King, Colleen, do, do you see any of them putting a warning in their blurb that they're going to curse? Uh, no, but no. also I don't think any of them cuss as much as I do. 
you, oh, I don't know. You need to you need to read some of those books. Yeah, I have um, I have read a fair bit of Stephen King. He does. He's not he's not scared of cuss cuss words. But no that was, author that was my one should, concern. No author should be scared of anything they write in their book. Okay, you have the right to write anything. If you want yeah. to warn the authors, okay, or readers, then fine. But I don't agree with that myself. I think the blurb and the cover should tell people what they're going to get. Yeah, okay. I would like to. I would like to think that anyone who reads the back of the book is like, "This is about a guy who's addicted to meth." I would like to think well, that get the attitude <laughs> that there's going to yeah. be a little bit of cursing and drug-related yeah. incidents. And yeah. did you did you warn them about that? Oh, by the way, this book has got drug-related incidents. No, that you that might I be don't triggered. Do. Sorry, I'm, I'm just <laughs> yeah. so that I don't do. I do put I'm a I do put a thing in the back of the book that you know if you have a problem with addiction here is beautiful here's a number to call beautiful so, perfect but, yeah i don't that, that uh, was I don't well done people, but so. yeah no don't don't <laughs> don't put don't put warnings like that i'm gonna yeah. curse i don't think uh, unless they're they're a an old hag who just gets the book free for some reason they would then give you a one-star warning for the swearing yeah. but i think normal readers they wouldn't I that's mean, what i'd like that's what i'd like to think um but yeah, no. So the book, the books have been well received. Um, I actually just did a count yesterday, um, and I, I've gotten like over two hundred reviews on them. Oh so wow, far, beautiful! Which was, which was more than everything I'd ever published before combined. You know, yeah, it's book, probably book more one, than mine as book, well. Yeah, book one's broke a hundred reviews, which you wow. know when I when how I did hit you public, do it? How did you do it? You're a self-published. Uh, Indie yeah. author, we all want to know how did you get those book reviews? So for me, I I think where the bulk of mine have come from, uh, e even if it wasn't necessarily that um, they got the book free from me, I every time I launch a book, I give away book one for mm -hmm. free. Mm -hmm. um, and and this most recent time, I gave away book one and two for free so you could get books one and two for free for four days and then uh i put book three at a reduced price and then book four was are you making any money bob uh i do well i make a lot i'll make a lot more money on in-person sales that's yes, where like going do. to cons and stuff like that yes. that's where the that's where the real money rolls in yes um and so i'm, I'm currently uh planning uh for a wedding in april so you're getting um, married in I april am. yeah so that's going to put uh most of my going out and selling in person on hold uh, i'm doing one more event this year and then i'm basically on hold till after april when we get back from our honeymoon oh, um but then after that congratulations by the thank way thank you uh but after that my plan is at least one event a month doing in-person sales but no i i make uh i make I make more money than some of the authors I talk to and not as much mm -hmm. as others. So I, I, I feel like I'm kind of middle of the pack of authors that are at my level. I personally um, believe that after all the hard work you do and all the costs that we have, you should never give your book for free. Yes, yeah. reduce it for 99 cents just for a couple of days. But to give book one and book two free and <laughs> reduce the third book, I'm like, Bob, yeah. what are you doing? Well, I, I'll tell you what my inspiration is. Um, there is an author named uh, Will White. Mm -hmm. I, 
I think that's right. It's Will White or Will Wright. I can never I always get it confused, but I think it's Will White. Um, and he he is one of the most popular uh, indie authors on the fantasy subreddit. Um, and that's that's a place I'm very active and where I get a lot of my reviews from is from the fantasy subreddit. And so uh, he just he gives away the first like five books in his series away for free uh, whenever he launches a book. So you and, thought, okay, and, I'll do the same. And, yeah, and I'm not I'm not going to get to that point. Uh, <laughs> but so that was kind of my inspiration was let's get the the first two for free just to get people kind of hooked, you know, and then, you know, reduced price, full price for the rest. And then I, every so often I do like a, like a flash one day, like for Halloween, I did um, like, Hey, here's some of my books for free. You've got limited window to grab them. And that actually generated me a lot of sales um, because people saw that it was free, went and clicked on it the next day. And were like, Oh, it's not free anymore. Oh, but this sounds cool. And so bought, uh, bought a decent number of my books um you know the situation so, we're having now with um with amazon when uh, people are taking the book for 24 hours and then returning them have you had any returned i've had uh one return I just think. one yeah I, I think i have to be better known to, to, you know. not necessarily <laughs> people are just grabbing books you know yeah. of course this is going to stop the by a new year, I think they're finally yeah. putting their foot down and and bought out restrictions. So, readers, yeah. you can't do that anymore. So stop doing it anyway because it's theft. You're a thief. Yes. Stop it. Well, and also I think part of my thing is my books are in Kindle Unlimited. I haven't gone wide yet, so I think that's part of why my um I haven't experienced that as much because are you going to go can- wide? I am. No, the thought okay. of being exclusive to Amazon terrifies me but right now it's just such a good way for me to get reviews because i do get a fair number of reviews from kindle unlimited yeah so how do you um, read on on your books are are you actually making money from the ku yeah yeah now i will say i probably make less than some because my books tend to be on the shorter side um how many words we talking more novella uh, side yeah like sixty thousand ish no that's novel well, yeah, no, it's def- well, it's definitely novel, but I know, uh, you know, hundred thousand, yeah, so yeah, well, I couldn't do, so, I couldn't even read a book like that. Yeah. Don't forget so, about it. <laughs> but I am getting, I'm clearly getting read-throughs, you know, and so you know, That's I can brilliant. see, you can, I can see, like, because you know, right after a launch, it's impossible to tell when you're getting precise read-throughs. But I will, every so often, I'll see something where it's like, hey, I got exactly the number of page reads for book one and then I got half of them for book two and then the next day oh there's the other half of book two and part of book three you know yeah you can see where someone's kind of reading through it um it's good but... when uh, they get to maybe they get the first book free but they actually go through the the mm-hmm. the series and and uh, buy all the books what are you working on now at the moment Bob Stanorimo season so uh I'm working on my first uh spinoff uh book I got I, so this is only going to appeal to uh, a certain niche uh, audience, but the 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 audience that hears this that this is for them they're gonna they're going to sprint to the store to buy it. Right. Um, it's Alabama football, which if you're not from the state of Alabama, you won't quite realize it. But college football, um, it's huge. It, 
It's huge. And this is American. Now, this is American style football. Yeah. So now you have international leaders. We're not no, talking no, no, soccer. I know, this is I know, American style football. Like rugby. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And so uh, this, a lot of the Southeast doesn't have pro football teams. So we have latched on to our college football teams as the, the pinnacle of all sports. And so uh, the joke is that football, college football is a religion. And so I was like, ooh, but what if, what if it really was religion? What if it was oh. a creepy Cthulian cult? Oh, uh, yes. Oh, my gosh. This sounds so, fabulous. You're working yeah. on this now on NaNoWriMo. Yes. How's it's, it going? It's, it's going well. I'm uh, When I... When when we're done here, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm at forty six thousand words. My goal is to get two thousand today, and I'm going to finish tomorrow. So uh, that that's the goal. So it's going well. Um, Love the premise. Oh yeah. wow, yeah. And I actually, I I pitched the premise to uh, a, a press that I know, and they they're like, hey, as soon as it's done, send it to us. So, oh, wicked. Um, yeah, no, not going to name names. But no, but I wish optimistic. you all the best with that, Bob. I really yeah. do. It's a niche, but when yeah. you add the word cult <laughs> to yeah. it, then that drives another marketplace to you, not just yeah. those that are into Alabama yeah. football. And and the other thing I'm working on is book five in my series is written, mm-hmm. um, but I like when I can I like to take a few months off from mm-hmm. it before I do my first round of revisions. Yes, most and definitely. so I'm currently in that take a couple months off, but work my... on a new book and then go yep. back to that one after. It's fresh eyes. It's a fresh perspective because mm-hmm. you you've forgotten about what you wrote so when you see yeah. it all the inconsistencies all the plot holes all the errors are going to jump off the page at you which exactly. wouldn't have happened if you'd done a revision straight after writing it yeah yeah and so it, i i have decided so my main character's name is howard marsh and so uh for all the shakespearean fans out there you know march 15th is the ides of march it is it, and so I've decided that every year I'm going to do the Ides of Marsh. And every year on March 15th, uh, a Marsh book will come out um, oh, until, I I can, until I finish the series. So book five will be out March 15th. Um, love it. So that'll, that'll give me time. I will revise it over the rest of this year and then uh, get it sent off to the uh, editor and start working on covering stuff, things like that. So perfect. Oh, I'm I'm so excited for you. I really am. You you on a you on a roll, Bob. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, any any of the major social media platforms, you can find me at Tales by Bob. Tales, like tales by yeah, Tales, as in like story, not as in like an animal tale, but Tales okay. by Bob. Tales by Bob. And uh, your podcast, what's it called and where can people oh God. find that? Um, <laughs> uh, I'll say that the two that people should look for uh, are Books, Beards, Booze. It's me and a couple of friends talk cool. uh, primarily fantasy uh, novels, um, discussion style podcast, and it gets real silly. And then uh, my more serious one is Southern Fried Fantasy. I interview uh, authors from the Deep South who either live or have lived significant portions of their life in the Deep South, and they write genre fiction set there. Okay, you've really put yourself in a tiny, tiny little pocket there for a guest. You know that. I do. But, you know, I've been surprised. I I actually – I – before I started putting them out, uh, my goal was I wanted to get a year's worth of content recorded 
um, within like the first month or two of the podcast being out. And uh, I release every other week with that one. And I've, I've I've already recorded 25 interviews and have a lot of people left to interview. I've been surprised. Now, the bulk of them are indie authors, but um, there there are some big names that I'm gradually working my way up. To, oh, how wonderful. Uh, so, you know, wow. like Charlene Harris, True Blood, you know, that's that's rural fantasy set in the in the deep south. You, you can and get from that area. You're going to try and get her on your podcast. Uh, I mean, that's the dream. I don't. Oh, my I God. That was so cool. Um, but I, I love True uh, Blood. Yeah. Faith Hunter. Um, she also ch- ticks the boxes. And I know an author who knows her. He said that he could get her on for me. Very oh, likely. Fabulous. So, That'll um, get your just, listenership up. Going to get. Yeah, I'm just trying to get year one up, and that that's the thing. Like, the first half of it was just really getting it up, honing it, and now it's time to really start promoting it heavily, which is where I've kind of slacked. So now I'm spending the back half of it just promoting the, promoting the mess out of it. So. Tell me about it. When, you, when you're an author and you do other stuff, plus you're a podcaster with five, um, plus <laughs> you're a podcaster, it's, it's finding the time, it's multitasking, it's prioritizing. It's hard, but it, it keeps us busy and we love what we do. Yeah. Yeah, this is like, this is, this is my list. You probably can't see that, but it's a page just full of just Every week, I have just a list of probably 40 things every week to do. Bob, thank you so much for being a guest on Behind the Pen. Yeah, no, this has been awesome. Thank you for having me. All the best with your books, your podcasts, and all your other projects. Yeah, thank you. And you as well. Thank you. Hey, folks, you're listening to the podcast Behind the Pen. Behind the Pen brings you fun and entertaining interviews by amazing creatives. And if you'd like to support and keep the podcast going, you can donate via my Linktree page. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E backslash Karina Gantus, all small letters. Every dollar helps me share my platform with these amazing artists. Don't forget to follow like and review the podcast your support means everything